Set your phasers to sexy This week, we are uh, watching the, well, I I guess we've already watched, the first episode of Masters of the Universe Revelations, the new extension of He-Man, as produced and occasionally written by Kevin Smith, and uh, the, the, on Netflix. But before that, we have the original... You know, three of us, four of us. I'm really off today with my math. <laughs> math is we hard. Have... <laughs> we have Ryan, or as he would be known in He-Man language, Ryor. Ryor, the master of geekdom. Or Ryman. <laughs> master of booze. <laughs> hey, we have... <laughs> We have Kevin, who I think would be actor. That's me. There you go. Actor. Actor. He's friends with Manny Faces. Yeah, I was going to say Manny Faces is an actor, isn't he? Yeah. Sure. (laughs) You guys know more about Masters of the Universe than I do. Yeah, well, well, we'll get into that a little bit. And we have Genevieve, because apparently in He-Man World... Girls just get regular names. Oh, no. I think that's, you, you, like, the first time you've said my full name since I met you. <laughs> no. no. No, she would be, like, she would be, like, Genevieve. Yeah, or Evil Jen. <laughs> like, she's got, like, nighttime powers. Evil Jen. Evil Jen. I like not, that one. <laughs> Jen's not evil, though. No, I'm Or is she? Evil. I'd be closer to Cringer than anything else. <laughs> or Orca. No, I wouldn't say that, either. But we start this episode off like we start all episodes off. And the news. Ryan, what do you got for us this week? Stuff. Lots of stuff. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. Um, do, 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 do. Let's start with the Olympics. The Tokyo okay. Olympics are happening right now. Uh, and actually, last night, which would have been Thursday night, or actually this Friday morning, technically for us here, it happened, which would have been Friday night in Tokyo. They had the opening ceremonies, and during the opening ceremonies, they played uh, the, the music that was being played was a lot of video game music. Mm-hmm. So while the athletes were walking in, it was like songs and sound, you know, parts of the soundtrack uh, to video games from some game, uh, games such as uh, Kingdom Hearts. Monster Hunter, Soul Calibur, Dragon Quest, and Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy Seven, to be specific. Oh, was it? I don't know. It didn't, it didn't say specifically which one. I, I just knew that I, I, I left Final Fantasy in there for last for you, Jen. Oh no! I saw an article that was like, "You heard correctly. They did play Final Fantasy Seven. I didn't actually listen to it, so I'm not sure. But that's what that article said. <laughs> Okay, did um, it throw anybody else off that it's the 2020 Olympics and I totally forgot that it was 2021? 
<laughs> I'm still yeah. processing 2019 <laughs> or 2020. <laughs> I don't know what year it is. Just think of, uh, I always do the math. How old am I again? Okay, what year is it? Okay, that's how old I am. That's what year it is. <laughs> then I forget what year it is. Yeah. Again. I how old I am because I'm old. Yeah. Anyway, so this, yeah. So. This Olympic is going to be, I think it's going to be remembered as such a cluster by the end of it. Oh, yeah. It, al- it almost feels like the beginning of the end of the Olympics. Yeah. Can't get rid of the Olympics. It's been going well, on since like well, I mean the, the the modern Olympics have been going on since like eighteen something, hasn't it? Eighteen ninety six. I can tell you this because yeah. I did my grade eight speech on the Olympics. <laughs> so when I went to uh, Athens for the first time when I was uh, in, a teenager and just getting into Greek mythology, and I, w- I was so excited because. Um, they said, we're going to go to the place where the first Olympics was. And I was like, awesome, we're going to Olympia. And no, it was just Athens. And I'm like, oh, modern Olympics, that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, and like the, the there's no fans in attendance, correct? Like there's yeah. no spectators. There were and... 950 people in a stadium designed for 70,000 watching the Olympics. Yes. It's... And and I'm one of those people that like I don't want to knock the athletes. They obviously train hard and work at their crafts and deserve the the accolades they kind of get. I just I have never been on board for well at least I haven't been on board for the last number of years with the fact that like how poor the Olympics can make cities. Like very few of them make a profit off of all of this hoopla, and well, yeah, I really lot, think yeah. it's something they could. Well, one of the things that happened today was that they announced where the twenty twenty eight Summer Olympics are going to be, and basically that city, I think it's Melbourne, got it by default because every other city dropped out. <laughs> the two sweetest words in the English language: default. Oh, yeah, default. So 2024 is in Paris and 28 is in Melbourne. The the biggest problem that's been driving all these Olympics, you know, to such big deficits was all the requirements to even bid or to have it. It was like everything had to be new. All your buildings had to be brand new, all this never used before, all this kind of stuff. Instead of using, you know, in some cases, buildings or event, you know, things that were just maybe three or four years old from something you know, or repurposed. Uh, even when Calgary tried to bid for the winter Olympics, like the, those, some of the, some of the sites in Calgary from 88, right. The 88 winter games or 89. Yeah. yeah 88. 88 um, are still used as world-class in, you know, events like now, but if they were to bid, under the previous uh, requirements, they would have had to have built all brand new things, like bobsled runs, all that shit. Now they've started after pretty much after Greece, uh, where they pretty much the Olympics drove the country. It helped. Well, it helped to drive the country into bankruptcy. Uh, they've started mm-hmm. to uh, change some of the requirements in that you know, as long as maybe say, well, maybe things get a little upgrade instead of a brand new thing and. 
stuff like that because well yeah people now are just like mm, maybe we don't want the olympics because it's costing us too much money and uh it's not bringing as many benefits as was originally sold and all that fun stuff yep yeah exactly yeah. <sighs> uh, next uh, an olympic sized announcement from hasbro they Oof. announced Come on, give me this one, Brent. Come on. They announced their next Haslab. Well, that's Brent's (laughs) fault. He made a noise. Uh, They announced the the newest Haslab project, Galactus. It's coming in at a whopping 32 inches tall and a price tag of $399 American. I usually leave toy news for my other show, but, well, this was Galactus, so. I had to. What's your other show called, Ryan? Uh, Tales from the Collectorverse. Every third Friday of the month. Sorry, Thursday. Really, technically Wednesday night because I'm lazy and put it up at night. Um, On this here channel. Tune in. Plug, plug, plug. Plug, plug, plug. Um, (laughs) Anybody else watch the trailer for Jackass Forever? No. 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 I I have less than zero interest in that. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm as much as I am not a fan of Jackass, I am a fan of Jackass. I've just had good memories of going to the theater and seeing, like, especially the last one with just with, with, with friends and laughing at other people getting injured instead of us. And now these guys are like, like they were old before, but no, no, they're old, they're old men. And Seeing them, what they put their bodies through, and the, the shit that they're doing to each other, it, oh my god, uh, it made me laugh, and I think, yeah, this is something that I, I know I have to see it at some point. You should watch, at least watch the trailer. There are some very cringeworthy moments. Yeah, that's really not my style of humor, but more power to the people who like it. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, here we go. Well, we have a bad woman. Cool. Uh, oh, I thought sorry, it was no. a bad girl. No, sorry, I'm, I'm mixing up my news stories. We have a bad woman news. This one's for Brent. Uh, they have cast Renee Montoya for the CW's uh, show Batwoman. Uh, it was the same actor that, pra- that portrayed Renee Montoya in Gotham. Uh, Victoria Curtin. Oh, there we go. There we go. Time to butcher your last name. Cartagena? Cartagena? Car- yeah, Cartagena. There we go. Learn to read. <laughs> uh, not the same. Obviously, won't be the same character. Not the same universe. But uh, it's interesting that they picked the same actor who portrayed the character on another show. Will be portraying the character on this show. Mm. And the, the character is still going to be L- LGBTQ as well. It's, it'll be they're keeping that part of the characters, which is good. And since it's the CW, it'll only be like maybe a season or two before she becomes the question. Cool. Because oh, whenever, they, whenever so. they bring somebody in, they always end up turning into something, right? Yeah that that might that might uh, bring me to to watch the show. If the, if the <laughs> question's on it, the, that that might bring me in as a regular viewer for a while. Uh, and then speaking of Batgirl, they have cast Leslie Grace 
uh, to play Batgirl in the HBO Max movie. She will be Barbara Gordon. Uh, so it will be Barbara Gordon slash Batgirl, not uh, any of the other Batgirls that have been around. Uh, and this is going to be one of the first H- like just like you know, DC straight to HBO live action movies. Like only cool. HBO, not also in theaters. And it's a, uh, is it a what movie is it? Is it a Batgirl movie or Batgirl? Yep. Oh, cool. there's been talk of a Batgirl movie for years, going back to Joss Whedon, yep. which I'm sure DC doesn't want to touch Joss Whedon with a 39 and a half foot pole, as the Grinch song says. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, he is currently persona non grata because that yeah. Yeah. he uh, even that show that he developed, he's he walked away from and. Uh, I'm not sure if it's even getting a second season now, because I don't think the first season really did very well. Which show is that? Um, it's the Victorian superhero show that he. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was going to be like Victorian X Men, and uh, then all his shit came up. Mm. He dropped out of the show, and. Uh, it it like they sort of I don't want to say they dumped it, but it definitely didn't have the the marketing muscle behind it that some of their other projects have. Yeah, a surefire way to kill a show. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, we have a director for the Blade movie that was announced uh, by uh, Marvel Studios a few years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Basim Tarek. Uh, another one of these. Should I know him? No. Let's say okay. I think he's he's known for he's, he's he did direct some either like a short film uh, or he directed something that was a, a nominated for an Academy Award, but it's like you know one of these things we've never heard of. So it's another one of these. Let's pick a director that is has critically acclaimed that no one's ever heard of, and give him a, a Marvel movie, and see what happens. Uh ooh, and then oh, more director. Marvel's Deuces. got a good track record, and oh, like yeah. they they're really they're really you know not uh, away from doing this sort of thing. So yep. Uh, this one Kevin will probably maybe know more about it than I do, but uh, Wanda Division, Wanda Wanda Division, Wanda Division director Matt Shackham of Shackman has been tapped to direct the next installment in Paramount and Bad Robot's Star Trek film franchise. I did hear that. Um, so we know, we, this is what we know about the next Star Trek movie, is that it has a release date, it has a director, uh, Matt Shankman, and it's got a writer, uh, someone who's coming from the writing team on Star Trek Discovery. That's all we know. We really don't know if it will involve Chris Pine and Zoe Saldana and that crew, or if it's an all new crew, we know nothing about what's going on with Star Trek on the big screen, really. But except it's like June, 2023. Okay. I believe. I believe you. Uh, But there's lots of Star Trek on TV in the meantime. So. 
Yeah, we have to catch up. Brent and I have to catch up. Has there been more lower decks? No. Lower lower decks starts on August 10th. Um, oh, so they just uh, um, uh, San Diego Comic Con at home is happening this weekend, and yep. the Star Trek panels uh, happened today. They did a lower decks panel. There is a new trailer for season two, which shows some fun, familiar aliens like Cardassians and um, uh, the Packleds are back. The Packleds. Oh, you haven't seen the end of Lower Decks? Have you seen the end of Lower Decks? Yeah, we should. Okay. We saw the so first. So you season. know, we all know that the Packleds were sort of the big bad at the end. The 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 really stupid aliens from Star Trek: The Next Generation. They're gonna be like the Klingons, the re- uh, or the Ferengi of Lower Decks. They're gonna be the returning <laughs> alien menace, the Packleds. Um, but we also get to see a new bridge officer on the Cerritos, and he's one of those aliens from Darmok. Remember Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra? They always oh. the force. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> that. That has the potential of either being a joke that gets old really fast or very, very creative. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We also get to see um, giant evil alien computers and all that kind of fun Star Trek-y stuff. Um, In one scene in the the teaser trailer that was released today, um, Boimler is in a Jeffrey's tube that's filled with some kind of gas that's making him hallucinate, and he's talking to a to a collector plate with Tom Paris from Star Trek Voyager on it. So, <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, so that I is really coming like August tenth. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun. So I, I watch season one. I I love that show too. So the other. Um, the other show that got a panel today was Star Trek Prodigy. That's the new animated show that's designed for kids. Um, yeah. We got a we got a real trailer for that this today as well. Um, that one I saw. They posted on their Twitter feed. I saw that one. Yeah. So uh, we got uh, we got to see the ship. I'm I'm not sure what the ship is called, but we got we got to see what the ship looks like. It's sort of vaguely voyager shaped um we got to see what the um animation looks like it's it really reminds me of star wars rebels uh that sort of style um the aliens uh like all of the sort of lead characters are aliens um and um most of them are actually from alien species that we've seen before um one of them is was only ever seen there's a giant sort of rock-like creature she almost looks like the thing like big hulking rock uh and she is a bracar which uh was a, a species that was created by peter david in the star trek new frontier novels oh. uh, so she she looks like a big hulking thing like ben Grimm thing like monster but she's actually an eight-year-old girl so she's got this sweet little girl voice so that's kind of a fun uh, uh dichotomy there um the uh there is a tellerite who's an alien species that's been around since the 60s and they um uh this is really going to be the first time we have a tellerite lead character on a show there is a um a creature a, a character that looks like a robot it's it's like um 
energy in a in an in a metal encasement that's got like arms and legs that turns out to be a medusin and there was one episode of the original series do you, i don't know if you guys watched the original series at all but there was a, an episode that had diana moldauer who went on to play um dr pulaski on next generation but she was um the emissary between the humans and the medusins because she was blind because the medusins are so beautiful that if a human looks at them they fall down and they fall down apoplectic um so uh this particular character is a medusin and he uh, they, because it's non, uh, it's a non-binary character. They are in this sort of protective suit to protect, yeah. um, to protect their friends. So, I, I think it should be fun. And then you've got, um, we didn't see Janeway in the trailer, but we do get to hear her voice at the end. Uh, and I think it looks, I think it looks like fun. And um, it's, um, it's being um, produced by the Hageman brothers. Uh, the last thing that they have worked on, they've been working with Guillermo del Toro for the last few years on the Troll Hunters series that are on Netflix. So, Which I've uh, heard a lot of good things about. I just haven't sat down and watched them. Exactly, yeah. <clears throat> so um, that's, uh, that's, that's going on there. And uh, they didn't give an exact release date. They just said fall 2021. So I got to assume that that it's I thought discovery would come in between the two animated shows, but I have a feeling it might go. We, if, if they do it like last year, when we had 26 weeks of star Trek, we'll get this year. We'll get, um, we'll get lower decks first and then prodigy, then discovery, then Picard. So I think we're in starting August 10th. I think we're in for at least six months of star Trek. Cool. Mm-hmm. Which makes my little Trek geek heart very happy. <laughs> <laughs> and my last little bit of news is, uh, I guess, Lionsgate has secured the rights to Clerks 3, which is scheduled to begin production in August. Hmm. So it sounds like so Kevin Smith didn't have to uh, finance this one himself. <laughs> I don't know if, yeah. I just, Kevin Smith is hit or miss for me these days. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll talk about that more when we talk about our feature uh, uh, topic here. But, um, like, do we need a Clerks 3? I don't know. We'll see. See, I'm probably in for it. I I will go see it. I I've been much like what you were saying, Kevin. I'm hit and miss with his projects. It's it's weird, but. Um, like his his last batch of movies, especially, are definitely movies that he has wanted to make, and he has found ways to make them. And other than uh, the Jane Silent Bob reboot, which I thought was fun, it wasn't um, amazing by any stretch, but it was a fun watch mm-hmm. in the theater. They're not movies that I I have any interest in. Like Yoga right. Hosers was like was an example of like I saw the trailer yeah. and just had. Had no interest, but I have a certain level of respect for the fact that, like, you could tell from everything he said about that movie, that is him, like, making the movie he wanted to make with no interference, no obstruction. Yeah. That movie from start to finish was was Kevin Smith. And there, there's, a, like, a weird respect about that. Like, is it a movie I wanted to see, like, with those Nazi sausages wandering around attacking his yeah. daughter? 
not particularly, <laughs> but it's kind of cool that he made it because he wanted to. And the the other thing is is out of the the Kevin Smith, I guess what what's it called the View Askew Askewverse. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Clerks 2 is a fantastic film. Like, yeah, it, 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 I, I do like Clerks 2. And like, it's very underrated, I think. Like, it's, and maybe it's because when I saw it, it just like, it was the right time period in my life to see that movie. Yeah. And like, it spoke to me on a lot of levels. So I'm curious to see what he does with this. But like, it's, it could go so right and so wrong all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, the interesting thing with like the clerks ones, each one of them has been pretty much like like a snapshot of a point in his life, right? Like you think about, yeah, you know, you know, your part time job at the you know the quickie mart type thing, and then you know trying to settle into adulthood, and then now this one will, I'm sure it'll clearly be them dealing with uh, you know having kids probably and mm. getting old and that, right? So. It should be interesting. Because yeah. last time we saw them, they bought the, at the end of Clerks 2, they bought the Quickie Mart, or the, the video place in the, in the yeah, in the... The convenience store. The convenience well, they, store right? yeah, the, so the does that, will the plot then be about how they've survived in the streaming era? Like, nobody rents videos anymore. Yeah. I, now, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, didn't... In Jay and Silent Bob get rebooted. Isn't the video store now a weed dispensary? Uh, it was something. Yeah, they they had changed the building into something. I, that's what I was gonna say too. Yeah, because they got busted for. Was it? Did they get busted for weed? Like that's why all the cops were in front of it at the beginning. I gotta yeah, watch like movie, maybe yeah. they didn't have a license or something. I can't yeah. remember. It, uh, I I saw the movie once, enjoyed it, but I haven't watched it again. Yeah. Um, anybody else got any news? I've got like two little tidbit things. But. I've got a couple of short things. Maybe they're the same as you that I picked up uh, because San Diego Comic-Con at home is going on and there have been some panels today. Uh, I've got a couple brief things that have only sort of come online in the last hour or two. since we've started Okay, recording. well, go ahead. Um, so we have a new poster and a release month for the wheel of time TV series. Uh, the wheel of time uh, will debut in November on Amazon prime. Uh, it stars Rosamund Pike um, as Mo- Moraine, uh, the, the wizard wizardess. Um, so that looks pretty cool. I never read uh, those books. Well, I, I myself have trouble no, going to start reading a series when I know that there are 10 books or 13 books yeah. or however many books there are in the Wheel of yeah. Time series. But uh, I'm happy to um, watch it on television. Yeah, me too. Uh, speaking of fantasy on television, um, Andrew Cosby. Is that a name you know, Brent? Mm, not particularly. So Andrew yeah, Cosby co-created the TV show Eureka. And he's also oh. the co-founder. He's also the co-founder of Boom Studios. And today, yeah. during a panel at the San Diego Comic Con uh, online, he announced that he is now working on a live-action Dungeons and Dragons TV show. Huh. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
So, uh, we we knew that there is a Dungeons and Dragons show already being developed by someone named Derek Kolstad. Um, and Hasbro has said that they have multiple D&D live action projects in development, yeah. including a currently in production movie starring Chris Pine, Hugh Grant and Michelle Rodriguez. Yes. Interesting. So we don't know if this show that um, Andrew Cosby is working on is the same one that's being developed by this other um, uh, other person. But, um, you know, Dungeons and Dragons is having a real renaissance the last year or two with like Critical Role and Adventure Zone. And, uh, and, and now there's this new Magic the Gathering set that's all Forgotten Realm stuff. So I think uh, I think we're going to see more and more Dungeons and Dragons content um, uh, over the next little while. So. Well, they're they're trying to ride the wave. Like Dungeons and Dragons yeah. has sold more over the last two years than it has in the last decade. Yeah, like and, think, like it's been building ahead of steam. COVID definitely helped that out. Because oh, like, yeah. oh, like I know of at least there are two people who came to me. Uh, one for her son and one for themselves of wanting to get into D&D and wanting to know what they needed in order to get into it. Right. So, and like, that's like, and not, I'm not like the role-playing game guru or anything like that, but like that says that like they reached out to me to specifically find this stuff. So that's just like a microcosm of what it's got to be like in the, the rest of the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I so really like, I really like the D and D movies. I know they are absolutely terrible, <laughs> but I, I find them so much fun. <laughs> yeah, all of them yeah, are awful I, and awesome. <laughs> I I look forward to it as well. I'm curious. Coming. Um. So, interestingly, that was. Wasn't the new stuff I was going to bring up, but uh, okay. So, um, we got a new trailer for Dune. Oh yes, oh, yes we, we did. did. Oh, it looks so good. Yeah, I'm hoping that this does look good. Finally, is a good Dune movie where mm-hmm. we get like to more than just one movie out of it. We, we'll see. I, I, I it, the thing is, is I, I think this is going to be the one that's closest to the book, and looks fantastic between uh denny villeneuve being the director of it and just the cast that they have assembled for this film yeah Mm. but at the same time if they if it's close to the book i worry that's going to lose a shit ton of people like i don't think it's it's not going to be the confusing mess that the david lynch movie was but i can also see it like being like people going this is too complicated i don't need any more of this (laughs) where's the big worms i want to see the big worm oh yeah cool now what's happening where's beetlejuice that that trailer just like looks and sounds spectacular now uh speaking of uh uh, filmed media that's based on classic sci-fi novels have you seen the trailer for foundation that's going to be on apple tv plus i haven't sat down to watch it because i'm almost scared to like that that was a series of books that i loved as a just sort of preteen to teenager is when i read those oh yeah and i'm like i like i don't my memory is foggy enough that i'm probably 
probably okay watching it. Like they could make changes and I wouldn't remember them at all. But part of me doesn't want to watch it and automatically hate it. I think it looks really good. So okay, well maybe I'll. Give I, it a- I I am keeping my Apple Plus subscription for a while. Ooh. That's a good endorsement. Between yeah. that, let me. Well, I assume it's between that and uh, Ted Lasso is the other reason. Ted Lasso came back today, baby. My favorite <laughs> yeah. show. It has pulled <laughs> my feed. Uh, it's with people being happy that it came out. Plus, I love Central Park. Uh, and uh, there's something else that I want to watch on Apple. Like, there's there's four, three or four shows on Apple now that I'm like, oh, I want to watch the, these things. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's Apple is only five ninety nine a month. So, speaking of things that came out today, today was the release of Masters of the Universe Revelations. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the sake of spoilers, we're only really going to be talking in detail about the first episode, but we are going to. Ryan has watched the entire series. Jen and I have watched two episodes, and uh, Kevin has watched one. So so we might get into a little more vagaries about the rest of it because I don't want it spoiled for me yet. (laughs) But we are going to discuss it. Uh, Before we begin, I I think it's safe to assume that for Ryan and I, we were the prime age and, dare I say, gender to to love He-Man. Not saying other genders didn't, but it was, like, definitely aimed at, like, the boy toys of our age group we were primed to buy that stuff kevin you're a little bit older than we are it's a a show i watched occasionally um but you would have probably almost been aged out by that point right uh yeah almost yeah yeah so i have some opinions on the first episode so uh, i want to hear what you guys have to say about it uh, before I um, before I throw my two cents on, uh, into the table. And Jen, uh, were were you a He-Man fan growing up, or was it mainly not to sound completely stereotypical, but was it mainly She-Ra? Because I know of your current love of She-Ra, but what what was She-Ra like for you back in the day, and He-Man for that matter? No, I I mostly watched She-Ra. Um, and I mean, these are, you got to remember, this is back in the 80s, <laughs> uh, early 90s, right? So back then, things were a lot more divided by gender than they are now. Oh, uh, it wasn't wasn't even close to, it was just the 80s. It wasn't early 90s. Yeah, it, wasn't, it never oh, had like, the I don't 90s. know the timelines. Yeah. So, okay, it was just the 80s. Uh, so, like I said, things were a lot more divided by gender than they are now. So you tended to have the boy shows and the girl shows. And I hate to say it that way, but that's how the time was. And I'm so glad that we are past that. Yes. We're moving towards the getting past that. So, I mean, I watched She-Ra because that's where all of the female characters were. She-Ra was all female characters and, like, one or two guys. And He-Man was all male characters and, like, one or two females. And so I didn't really... I had nothing to relate to in He-Man at all as a child, other than I thought the sorceress was cool. Um, and I liked Orko and Cringer and that's about it. But like Shira, I liked so much more because 
it was a girl and it was somebody that I could play and pretend like if you're playing out on the playground, a bunch of girls aren't going to get together and play He-Man. They're going to play She-Ra. So that's more why I went to She-Ra. So that's, and that's why my love is there. Now I did see He-Man as a child because I have a brother and all of my cousins are male except for one. Um, So I have seen He-Man, but I never really, I never really had the pull for me that She-Ra did. Hmm. Which brings us to this version of He-Man. Um, okay, so we'll start with Ryan, then we'll go to Kevin, and then and then Jen. So, Ryan, what did you f- think of the the first episode? Uh, the first episode was very it was very interesting. Um, it picks up, and so the whole purpose of this, right, is that it should be it's meant to be a continuation of that original series. It's supposed to be the next episode. So you don't really get any brand new, like, really introductions of who people are and why this world, what the things are and who does what and all that. It's just the story starts and stuff happens. And the animation style is oh, it's really nice. I like it. Uh, it's uh, it's very colorful. I like the uh, nowadays in this one more so than the other one. Uh, everybody, not just He-Man, is really muscular. Like anybody that's fighting and throw- wielding these big weapons. I did muscles. joke with Jen that Eternia does not do drug testing. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Right after I said Eternia does not do pants. No, which is so very true. Uh, He-Man got a new uh, transformation animation. That was, uh, as I saw one person actually complaining online, reminded them of Sailor Moon, and they were worried they were going to see He-Man's sword. Wah, wah. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. As for a first episode, I liked it. I was intrigued. I wanted to continue on, but I had to go to work. So I watched it this morning before work. Hmm. See, that's when I watched Ted Lasso, because that was a more <laughs> important show to me than than He Man. I, I have I have one sort of qualm about He Man's costume. I I know it's not much of a costume, but I do recall I believe on the original show, the sword of power did have a sheath on his back, and in this uh, he just pulled the sword out from behind the straps of his harness, and I'm like. Isn't that short sword sharp? Like, shouldn't he have tons of scars on his back from pulling this sharp sword that, that doesn't even have a sheath on his back? No, he like, never had I, a sheath on his back before either. No? Yeah. Okay, well... If anything, it was just a couple extra straps on his straps. In this, he very specifically pulled it out from between the flesh of his back and the harness that has the stylized H on the front. And I'm like, oh, he's slicing up his back every time he pulls that sword out. Hmm. He's using his super strong shoulder muscles to hold it in place. I guess he must be. I guess he must be. So what did you think of it, Kevin? Don't get so defensive, Brian. It's okay. So I watched it. And, you know, for the first part of it, the first, say, 80% of it, I was like, Oh, it just seems like more of what we used to get. And then there was the twist at the end. And I did not see the end of it, the ending coming of the first episode. 
the, uh, we can we can I, do spoilers. We've given okay. the spoiler warning. Okay. So. so the fact that Man and Skeletor are taken off the board in the first episode, and it and and it seems like Tila is going to be our lead character on this show. That was a twist I didn't see coming. And that's what has hooked me to watch the next episode because oh. if it was just going to be more of He-Man smashing things with his sword. I was like, eh. but, but the fact that, that they opened up things and took He-Man off the board in the first episode was like that. And the show isn't called He-Man. The show is called masters of the universe revelations. Right. Mm. So, uh, I liked, I liked, um, so we're getting Sarah Michelle Geller as our lead character, right? Tila is our lead, is really our lead. I liked that, her pissed that's off. That's why her voice sounded so familiar. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, and I liked, I liked how pissed off she was when she discovered that everybody seemed to know the secret except her. And apparently King yeah. Randor didn't know either. Well, like, that's that's what I thought was very interesting too. Like that, uh, they made it seem they they showed it that it's like, well, of course, like the king didn't know, he never knew in the original cartoon either. But to make it that, like, of course, the queen figured it out. Like, yeah, yeah. a mother knows their son, right? Type thing. Yeah, it's like exactly. Yeah. So uh, I, I, it was the last the last five minutes of the show when when the when that twist happened. And it wasn't going to be straight ahead He-Man adventures every week that, that said to me, okay, I got to find out what happens next. That's what did it for me. As yeah. a, as somebody who's seen the second episode, you, I, I, I think that the second episode will kind of fulfill some of your, your wants a little bit. Yeah. And Jen. I also like that. Oh, I was going to say, I also like that Orko wasn't just a joke character. He he actually I mean he's not the greatest wizard but he has ma- he has magic powers that actually could help. Yeah, that's one thing I, I did listen to an interview this week with Kevin Smith, uh, and that was one of the things where uh, someone made a comment about Orko, and he said, yeah, one of his goals was he want they wanted to make Orko uh, a badass enough character, like at least a cool enough character that it'd be someone that people would want to get tattoos of. <laughs> I guess that's an interesting <laughs> way of looking at things. Yeah. Um, Jen, uh, as we noted uh, earlier, you were a tremendous fan of the recent Shira series, which, mm-hmm. as far as we can tell, has no ties to this cartoon at all. But a very similar idea but different definitely different approaches so what did you think of the uh, you've seen the first two episodes are you wanting to see more i guess yeah my take on it was pretty much exactly what kevin took out of it i was not overly impressed with the first episode until the very very end and i was even saying during that whole episode i'm like i feel so bad for tila like She's like hugging people and saying, you guys are my family. Thank you for making me feel so welcome and part of your family. And I'm like, they are all lying to you. Um, and like even her own freaking father and everybody is. And I felt so bad for her. So I really kind of liked that twist at the end where she's just like, screw all you guys. I'm out. Cause I'm like, good. 
that's how you should react. That is a good mm-hmm. reaction to this. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so like what I was saying before about, you know, the cartoons of, of the 80s being very much boy and girl, I really like that this one takes the quote-unquote boyness of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and also put, and puts more female characters into it. So I love that basically our team so far uh, at the end of season two, you said I was allowed to spoil season two, or not season two, two, episode two. two. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I like how at the end of episode two, our team is basically Tila uh, and, and, and Dara, the new girl, um, evil and evil Lynn and Cringer, who are like, all of those are my characters, except for I'm still on the fence about Tila. Um, I just, yeah, so I'm intrigued. It's kind of like, I want to know how this goes on and how it happens. And I love that the whole, the plot so far seems to be how do we save not only magic, but Adam. Like, I mean, that's the unspoken plot. They think he's dead, but he's going to come back. And I really hope that when they save Adam, the very first thing Tila does is slap him across the face. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because that's, oh my God. I'd be so mad if if I knew that like my best friend and the person I grew up with was actually a superhero and didn't tell that I found out when they died I'd be so angry yeah so yeah I'm intrigued to keep watching I think it it looks interesting yeah um I, I I'm looking forward to seeing it I was like I didn't know how this show was going to go for me either way because it's growing up he-Man was my toy line. That was the one right. that my me and my parents put my money into. I had a couple of Transformers. I had like one or two G.I. Joes, but it was He-Man that I had. Like I had Snake Mountain and Grayskull. I had a lot of the figures. I had a bunch of the vehicles like that. That was the one that I had pledged my allegiance to. <laughs> Becoming an adult... Uh, He-Man's terrible. Yeah, that, <laughs> like, that original cartoon. It's not good. It's not good. Same it's with the original Shira. Sorry? Yeah. The original Shira is not good either. No. They're, they're, you know, they're toy commercials. Yeah. With, sure. uh, what did we learn yeah, this week at Message? Even in comparison to, I, I would argue both G.I. Joe and Transformers are toy commercials. Did, like, those are both much more watchable as an adult than He-Man yeah. is. Yeah. You know, like, it, like it, at least the writers snuck some things in here and there, G.I. Yeah. Joe especially. But they're, they're more entertaining as an adult than He-Man is. I like I tried re-watching He-Man a couple of years ago, and I just, I couldn't do it. I was like, nope, I'm going to let this sit in my childhood sort of unsullied from here on out. <laughs> Although I do love the Christmas special because it is so ridiculously yes. bad. Mm-hmm. That's a must yeah. watch every Christmas. Yeah. Um, I, I like this. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes. I, even though the old He-Man I've kind of grown out of, there was a series in the early 2000s that is pretty solid. Like it still stands up and has a very similar animated style to this one as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of sort of using that as my benchmark, but I, I'm really curious to see how, how this goes. And I'm also pretty surprised at like how much not Kevin Smith, this seems like 
Mm. Like, 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 I, I, not that I was expecting like dick and fart jokes <laughs> during all of it, but at the same time, like, it's it's got a little bit of like they've done some interesting things with the story that I wasn't expecting, but also kept that nostalgia factor in there. Like, they, like, it's still sort of a toy commercial for the toys that I had. Like, they, they brought out all the old vehicles that we never saw on the TV show. Like they didn't never made it that far, but they brought them in for the animated stuff and it looks cool, but they've still kept mm-hmm. like a heart to it. And I, I'm really curious to see where the show goes. Like they, it may shit the bed yet, but um, on a whole, I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I we will throw out, someone... oh, go ahead. I will throw out a question to you um, that comes from uh, a little bit. I, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me sharing this. Uh, I was talking to uh, a friend of the show, uh, Alex Kruger, who is on uh, uh, the Composers podcast, because one of the things I was really surprised at at the show is the score is fantastic. It's really good. Like for a cartoon, I was like a, like a television cartoon, like not a Disney full-length feature or anything. It, I found the score for this amazing. So I messaged uh, Alex and like, hey, I, I don't think the show is up your alley, but the music to this is really, really good. And he messaged me back and asked, like, he, he kind of wants to check it out, but he was wondering if it would be appropriate for his son to watch. Now, his son Ooh. is, I want to say he turns 11. Oh. Yeah. Eleven? Yeah. I think an eleven year old. I think so. This. Oh yeah. I I equated the violence in it to about Star Wars level. Do you do you feel that's kind of an accurate description? Maybe a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't I even. So. Say, yeah, I wouldn't say it's that much more. Like it's not. You don't see. <laughs> other There's than. Of guts, or would you say yeah? Really. Other than when Skeletor gets stabbed at the end of the first episode, there's no. You know that, and, and well, and we get our first death in the show. Before that, when he burns Mossman. Oh yeah, yeah, I guess that's a little bit on the. But eleven-year-old, eleven-year-old should be able to handle that. It's a cartoon. Yeah. The Moss, like a tree guy. I'm sure he's seen worse. Well, then if he's seen the prequels, he saw worse with the uh, Anakin, right, in the yeah. end of episode <laughs> three. So yeah. <laughs> Okay. Let's talk uh, about the voice the voice cast for a little bit. Oh, oh voice it's, cast. It's an amazing cast. And every every person I listened to was like, oh, I know that voice. Like so obviously Mark Hamill as Skeletor jumped out right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh Diedrich Botter as King Randor. Uh I thought he was great. Um Sarah Michelle Geller, like I said, as Tila. Uh, the sorceress is Susan Eisenberg, who was the voice of Wonder Woman on Justice League. Yeah. Uh, and um, Mossman, uh, who, as we said, died in the first episode, is played by Alan Oppenheimer, who on the original uh, Masters of the Universe played uh, Skeletor, Skeletor, Man-at-Arms, and Merman. So, like, yeah. they're going, they're getting original actors as well. Uh, Lena Headey is Eva Lynn. Go Who ahead. has been at arms in this one? Uh, it's Liam Cunningham, 
who is uh, best known for playing Davo Seaworth on Game of Thrones. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, he, like he just like he like when you see him come on and they, in the action scenes with his voice, and it just has like some real gravitas, like a like, little bit of gravelness to his voice. He's like, yeah. he's like, yeah, that's Man at Arms. Like that's oh, yeah. He's done tons of British uh, shows, including Doctor Who and Merlin, uh, The Musketeers. Yeah. He was in the best. He was in one of the best werewolf movies ever made, Dog Soldiers. Mm-hmm. He was on an episode <laughs> of. He did, he's done voices on Rick and Morty and Solar Opposites. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ke- Kevin Conroy is Merman. Yep. And when Ooh, when he shows up later in the season, and he's like, "Oh, oh my God, that's great!" It's just especially when uh, it's Merman and Skeletor together. Like that's Batman and the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have uh, the so Queen Marlena is Alicia Silverstone. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Cringer and uh, Battle Cat are played by Stephen Root. Which is an interesting choice. That was another one that I didn't, like, I recognized, but didn't quite know who it was. And I'm like, oh, it's the guy from Office Space. And, yeah. uh, uh, and news oh, radio. Oh, news radio. I was like, what's the radio show called? Not WKRP. Yeah, news radio. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, Henry Rollins is on this. He's Triclops. Oh, dude. New- so not to spoil it for you. <laughs> uh, too much, Kevin. Triclops is one of the main characters in the next episode, and Henry okay. Rollins just nails it. He's yeah. so good. And we got He's uh, done Tony Todd and Phil yeah. Lamar, Chris Summers, Dennis Haysbert, and of course, Harley Quinn Smith. She's in an episode as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, um, overall, uh, I, well, Ryan, not to give spoilers, you've seen the. This is like the first half of the season, right? Part one, I yeah, guess. Five yeah. episodes. They're working on another five episodes still. Yeah. But I guess it so, sounds like Kevin Smith had wanted to wait and put all ten out, but Netflix was wanting. I guess they were very much behind the show, and we're like, yeah, no, no, we want to get these first five out. Yeah. So uh, you've seen the rest of the season without giving spoilers. Are are you excited for the next part? Uh, yes, I am looking forward to the next five. Um, the did you read the comic, the first issue of that uh, crossover, co- the tie-in comic, Brent? Did yes, I did. Yes, so I did. there's some interesting stuff in this series, you know, and in the, the pretty much in episode three, it'll start tying in. You'll start seeing more. Uh, and the tidbits that were like, oh, okay, they showed that in that comic, or this and that, and so okay, I like, really enjoyed that. There's been a lot of uh, other things from uh, the uh, I guess expanded He-Man, so like you know, from other toys and other lore that was never in the original cartoon. Uh, well, maybe well, it was in, like, appears in the show, and he never made it to the original. Yeah, but he had a toy. Oh. And then yep. he was in the comics and stuff like and that. So it's, uh, he's do... voiced by uh, Jason Mewes in this, which is kind of fitting since the original toy kind of smelled like weed. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I uh, actually I think I need to rewatch it 
just uh, now that I've watched it once, and you know, which it's five 25 minute episodes, so you can easily rewatch it. And, uh, you know, it's like sitting down to watch a movie. But, uh, yeah, no, I uh, now I, I don't know when we're going to get the next five, but it's almost like it's sad that it's only that it was that it's done already. I think I've already seen them now. Mm-hmm. And next week, the last Transformers uh, mini, you know, cartoon miniseries for Netflix comes out. Oh, interesting. So should we talk about online fan reaction? Hmm. Have you seen the Rotten Tomato scores for this show? <sighs> yes. No, Critics, but... Critics have have ranked it 94% fresh. It is certified fresh by critics. The audience score, 26. Yeah, that's even down from earlier today. Really? I think it was like 47. It's being like review oh, so bombed. You ruined, you ruined yep. my childhood, people. Yeah. Yep. He yep. man's not the star of it. It's some girl. Yep. <laughs> that's where the comment my, my comment earlier about uh, the Sailor Moon transformation and seeing He-Man's sword came yeah. from one of those reviews yeah. oh Fuck the him. Sailor Moon transformation was awesome I was like all he needs to do is flip his hair and do a pose yep. but he didn't <laughs> so I was slightly disappointed <laughs> so an interesting yeah. note I was going through the, the Wikipedia just for the, the voice actors apparently in an interview uh, Noel Stevenson Expressed a, a uh, interest in doing a crossover be between their uh, Shira series because uh, Noel was the the showrunner on Shira, the the Princess of Power, the one that we all loved, mm-hmm. and this He Man in like going full circle as like a Christmas holiday special. I oh. think that could work. I think you could do it. Yes. It would be and cheek, but I think that would be a way of being able to put it together. <laughs> My only problem with that would be that if this is supposed to be a continuation, like the next episodes oh, of the original cartoon, she was already established and out fighting the good fight on her own planet with her people. Right, with her own friends and stuff. No, if that, anything, that is... she should show. Like, if they wanted to bring Shira into the the next five episodes, spoiler, she's not in the first five. Uh, that would actually be a very interesting way with what happens, you know, in this story. It'd be very interesting if they did that. Hmm. Um. Alright, so we liked it. Your your mileage may vary. I, I I would honestly say, like, as much as I, I did kind of enjoy it in the twists, I don't know if this is a show for everyone. No. But but at the same time, yeah, you might want to, you know, give it a go. It's up up if to you, you. If you are gonna give it a go, I would watch the first two episodes and then make your decision because the first one, it's not really great until in my opinion until the very very end and i guess exactly yeah. yeah i was like i was like uh oh, ho-hum it's another it, it it seems the same but then the then the thing happened at the end and i was like oh okay yeah to, to take, exactly to take your lead character off the board and uh i thought that was a nice twist yeah so i at feel least watch two yeah well with saying that i feel each episode actually builds and is kind of like one ups is like better as they keep as they go. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I know, but I'm saying that if you're if you watch the first two episodes and you still don't like it, you probably won't like it if it keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think does that sound right, Ryan? Well, yeah, if you're not going to like He-Man by that point, then yeah, you're probably not going to. If you're not going to yeah. like the show by that point, then I'm sure you're not going to like it at all. But yeah, so that's why I said at least watch two. Yeah. All okay. right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode, which means Geek Fix. Who wants to go mm-hmm. first? I got a couple of new things that I've been watching that I would like to talk about. Uh one, of course, is watch Ted Lasso. It's really good. But the other, uh, this was the other new show that was on Apple TV that I don't think I talked about last week because I think they they dropped the first two episodes since the we recorded last. And that is the musical comedy fantasy series Schmigadoon. Have you heard of this show? Yes, no. you brought it up a while ago. Yeah. And yeah. I thought the concept sounded good, I, but I had lost track of when it was coming out. You might only enjoy it if you are a super musical theater geek, because every joke is a is a, a, a parody of some musical. Uh, the premise is that uh, Keegan-Michael Key and Cecily Strong are a couple who've been dating for three years, and they go on a retreat that takes them out on a hike in the woods, and they cross over this mystic stone bridge, and they end up in Schmigadoon, a town where everybody is living in musical and uh, specifically an Oklahoma slash Music Man uh, type uh, uh, slash Brigadoon type musical, classic musical of the 50s, 60s. And uh, they cannot leave until they find their true love. And is that each other? We're not sure yet at this point. Episode three just dropped uh, today. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Uh, but quite quite funny, in my opinion, I quite enjoyed uh, enjoyed it. So uh, Schmigadoon is one of my shows. Uh, the Movies That Made Us has come back this week, too. I haven't watched the new episodes yet, but uh, that's a show to be on the lookout for as well. Oh, and, really? I didn't realize it had new episodes. Yep. Uh, there's four episodes. Pretty Woman, Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, and Forrest Gump. Ooh. Uh, and they they dropped today as well. Um, I guess that's about it. But oh no, behind the attraction—that's the other show I wanted to talk about. Behind the attraction is a Disney Plus show about uh, specific Disney attractions. Uh, it is the show that is executive produced by The Rock, uh, who does appear in the first episode because the first episode is about the Jungle Cruise, and there just happens to be a Jungle Cruise movie coming out next week. Um, so uh, it. It has the same kind of feel as a show like um, the movies that made us. It's slightly irreverent, but you do learn a lot about the history of attractions, changes they've made to attractions through the years. I've watched the first two episodes so far. They've done, the first two are Jungle Cruise and A Haunted Mansion. The next one up to, for me to watch is Star Tours. Uh, there are 10 episodes and they all dropped on Wednesday. Disney Plus doesn't normally drop a whole series at once, but they did on, on this one. So the next episodes are uh, Star Tours, um, Twilight Zone, Tower of Terror, and Space Mountain. And there's one about the castles, the Disneyland Hotel, It's a Small World, Trains, Trams, and Monorails, and the last episode is The Hall of Presidents. So if you like Disney attractions, uh, this is a fun show. I've seen some complaints in the Disney fan community 
that it's not to their liking because it takes a slightly irreverent tone. But that's fine. I, I If it was just somebody reading boring stats, it would be boring. And uh, it, the show's made for the general public, not the super specific Disney fan community. So if you are in that community, you might not learn anything new. But the information that you do get is presented in a fun way. So I do enjoy that show as well, Behind the Attraction on Disney+. Plus. Cool. Uh, who's next? Yeah, okay, I'll go next. I'll give Jen a few more minutes to think of something. So, I finally watched a movie this week that I have friends who didn't believe didn't believe me when I said I had not seen this movie. I watched They Live. Oh, Rowdy that's why you had it out when I was over. That's why it was out, because... Jeez, I think even I've seen that movie. Yeah, that's why I even posted Not, it on Facebook earlier this week. Said I'm watching a movie tonight. I'm watching They Live. You just don't read my posts, do you, Brent? I I do, but my I gotta go through and call my feed. To be honest <laughs> with you, that's okay. I gotta chop some 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 people are gonna make the cut. <laughs> and uh, so it's a sci-fi movie starring Rowdy Roddy Piper, and where he get find you know it's a world that's being controlled by these aliens that are making, you know, influencing people with uh, marketing and all their things. And he gets a pair of sunglasses that he can put on that so he can see their true, their true images. Like they're true. He can see them in when they're in disguise as humans. And then he can see like the subliminal messaging and stuff and starts running around shooting people. And uh, that famous, I've got a, I, came I have come here to kick ass and chew bubblegum. Mm-hmm. And I'm all out of bubblegum. And then he proceeds to shoot a bunch of people inside a bank. If you didn't think, if you didn't know he was shooting aliens, like some of the regular people in this bank, you would just think he's some crazy guy shooting people. <laughs> but it's a, it's a very interesting, fun movie. So if you haven't watched it, you can find a copy of it. Give it a shot. It's a John Carpenter movie. It's not my favorite John Carpenter movie, but it's it's part of the set that's like among his classics. It's, well, it's actually in the the DVD that I borrowed from from Ed uh, Snowhawk cosplay was actually yeah John Carpenter set. It's got uh, that. It's got the thing and two other movies that I don't think I've ever, I actually had ever heard of. So. The thing, has, the thing is also fantastic. Well, exactly. Which is that one's another one. I'll probably give it a watch next week while I'm on vacation because it is also a movie I have never watched. Oh, I'm I'm curious to hear what you say about like what you think about it because it's it's in my top ten. Honestly, like if oh, it's in one of my top ten films of all time. I just love that movie. But. Did you see the announcement for the second NECA thing figure? Mm, oh, with the, where he comes with the flamethrower? Yes. Yes, yes, I did. So uh, now I might have to wait. <laughs> we shall see. Jen, what's your geek pick? Um, I might have already done this as a geek pick, but I'm going to do it again. So the um, the four uh, issues of transformers and my little pony crossover is over <laughs> that's so funny because that's exactly what i thought you were gonna say 
<laughs> so the first four issue series was called My Little Ponies Transformers Friendship in Disguise. And then the which takes place on Equestria, the My Little Pony World. And then the second four issue series uh, is called My Little Pony Transformers The Magic of Cybertron. And it takes place on Cybertron. Um, and it is awesome. It's just as good. Like, it's one of those things that you never, you wouldn't think that these two things would go well together, but they really do in this kind of like fun little mocking way. So, mm. um, <laughs> I just finished the last issue, uh, and basically one of the villains from uh, My Little Pony, King Sombra, has the ability to take over people's minds and then use them for his nefarious purposes. And he takes over Megatron and a couple of Autobots and a couple of Decepticons and a couple of ponies. So then the remaining ponies and Autobots and Decepticons have to all work together to free them from King Sombra. And it is so cute. Um, so I really, and I don't want to do spoilers. Brent, you haven't read this one yet, have you? No. Uh, yeah, but okay. I, I love the series. I, I, like, can't, I back, can't give you spoilers it. for the ending then. Because oh, okay. uh, <laughs> it's super cute how it ends. So, uh, yeah. If you are a Transformers fan, give it a shot. <laughs> it's just fun. So yeah, that's my geek pick. Awesome. That's a good geek pick. I'm going to go with a comic book as well. Uh, I am going with Marvel's Aliens Aftermath. It is the the first issue is currently out. It takes place uh, a number of years after the second Aliens film, where a team of, I would get sort of compare them to YouTube influencers, are going to they have found the location of Hadley's Hope, which is the the uh, uh, colony that is the centerpiece of the second alien film. And they're going to find out what happened to, uh, as it turns out, one of the characters, Aunt Vasquez was his aunt and is he wants to know what happened to her on this place. And they get there. And they are not alone. Because, you know, it's an Aliens comic book. So I don't think that's spoiling anything. I think you can pretty much figure it out. But um, I, I like... Predator's there. Yeah. No, actually, the, the Predator is currently in a time out with Disney. So <laughs> due to a lawsuit that has been filed, that's why all the Predator stuff uh, disappeared off of the schedule for the next little while. Wah, wah. Yeah. So, but it, it's it's an interesting take. I'm curious to see where it goes. It was put into my box because I'm getting the other Alien series that Marvel's doing right now, uh, which is also pretty good. But um, th this one, uh, this one's pretty intriguing. I'm interested to see where it goes, and maybe you might be too. Well, that's the end of this episode. But before we go, you can find everybody here at different things. We'll go around the virtual table, as it were. Kevin, where can people listen to you beyond this show? Um, I haven't been on Galaxy Class. We took a week off last week because everybody was busy. Uh, and I'm not on the latest episode, and I'm going to be skipping out of the next one, too. That's what we can do when we have four hosts who uh, can rotate in and out. Uh, uh, but uh, listen to Galaxy Class. It's good. 
Uh, our next episode of Stage Whispers will be our one-year anniversary. So if you've been listening to that show, please drop us a note and let us know uh, that you have been. And uh, we'd uh, love to hear from our listeners on that show. Uh, so I'm very excited about what we've been doing over there on Stage Whispers, the local theater podcast. Uh, you can find me there, too. Ryan. Uh, you can find me every third Thursday uh, right here uh, on the same channel with uh, Ed Snowhawk Cosplay as we tell tales from the Collectiverse, uh, where we talk about the toys and stuff we buy, we want, and we used to have. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at Tales from Collectiverse. There we do some videos, some unboxings. I post some photos. Uh, we just we have fun with our toys. So please come out, check us out, watch it. I posted a Star Wars photo the other day, and it, when I checked it this morning, it had ten likes. Six of them were from, oh no, five of them were from people I know. <laughs> <laughs> Jen. Uh, let's see. So, um, the next episode of Sailor Snacking should be coming out, um, August the 2nd. And that is, we are almost done Sailor Moon Crystal Season 1. That was a short one. And then we're going to be moving into which is the 1990s of Sailor Moon. Did the R stand for? Probably romance. So yeah, it seems like we're going to be bouncing back and forth between 90s and D. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, stay tuned. This where we are going to are talking about episodes 11 and 12. Um, and then after that, there will just be one more episode of Crystal before we're into Sailor Moon R. And you could find us on Instagram at Sailor Snacking. Awesome. And as for me, uh, I mainly do this show now, uh, but I do have my uh, radio show of sorts is on Mixcloud. Just look up Black Donnelly Radio and The Dark Side every Thursday night playing the best in industrial and goth music if you are into that sort of thing. Next episode, uh, we might be in the same room. We haven't decided yet, but we we are all double vaccinated. Uh, Jen is just a on the edge of her window of the two weeks. So we might be doing a a responsible episode, but uh, what it will be about, we're not quite sure yet, but it might be topical. So, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, it it would be kind of nice to be in the same room as all these people again uh, at the same time. In the meantime, I hope you guys all out there stay healthy and safe, and we will be back in two weeks. Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at True North Nerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you like this show, Please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us.
You know what? I'm going to cut that out because we didn't do plugs. God damn it. I was just about to say, we didn't do plugs. <laughs> plug, plug, plug. All right. uh, Brent. And we're back. Hungover Brent's going to have to do editing. Stay home, Zim.